Welcome everyone to another episode of Good Morning Camera, the podcast dedicated to headlining topics in the camera and creator world. I am one of your hosts, Gadget, and as always, I'm joined by my creator, filmmaker, enthusiast, trainer, friend, I can give you many more titles, Anthony. Anthony, how are you doing today? Very good. This is going to be an exciting episode because we got lots of rumors going on. And this is going to be just a jumble of rumors. Is that what, that, that's what we're saying, oh, right? Yeah, I, I'm twirling my mustache right now. Is it curling or twirling? I'm doing that right now. We got some <laughs> we got some juicy things to talk about, such as the new rumors in the Canon world. They have a couple of cameras that are being hinted at, not by Canon themselves, but the rumor sites. We're also going to talk about Panasonic and, you know, they're getting a bunch of new features and it doesn't seem like they're getting a lot of attention online. So we're going to talk about, you know, why there might be a discrepancy there. But first, we're going to talk about some new products. Anthony, are you ready for some new products? Man, there's a lot to talk about. And uh, I'm excited. What I'm excited about this episode is that the fact that we're going to talk about Panasonic, which I have lots of thoughts on, but also Canon, which I also have lots of thoughts on. Ooh, so ooh, this is going to be a good one. But we're going to start. I'm, I'm gonna, ready. We're going we're to start get into it. with none of those two. We're going to start with Sony. Uh, they opened yeah. up their own bread and breakfast and they're serving up some pancakes <laughs> here. Uh, they announced not one, not two, but three high-performance G lenses um, that have that kind of pancake form factor. Now, you won't see that word being thrown around by them, but you're seeing it by people that got hands-on. It's a very small profile. And, you know, anyone that's shooting on the Sony ecosystem or anyone that's been exposed to it, uh, it kind of goes hand-in-hand. They got some pretty big, beefy lenses, right? They got some lenses that have a bit of heft to them. But there's also some more economical solutions. And now you have these where you have three different prime lenses that are very, very user friendly, way more ergonomic and easier to travel with. So can you tell us about these lenses? What are the three lenses and some of the key features? For sure. So you you really got to see it to believe it, because uh, when I was looking at these lenses, what I was thinking of is this kind of looks like a Leica Q2 lens on a Sony camera. Did you not think that? Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I I have feelings about design. And uh, when I looked at <laughs> this, I like this direction that Sony took this in. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so let me get to the, the what the lenses actually are. Okay, so they introduced a 50 mil 2.5, which is interesting in itself. I don't know how they came to 2.5. Then they also got a 40 mil 2.5 uh, and a 24 mil f 2.8. And all of these lenses are priced at about 800 bucks, which is actually pretty slick. So that's not bad at all for for Sony. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this lineup and uh, you're getting things that are geared toward traditionally outdoor. I'm look, I'm thinking travel, street photography, casual photography, uh, things around the house in, you know, decently lit environments. I'm looking at this lineup and it's nice that all of these lenses, they have the same uh, external design, right? They occupy mm-hmm. the same sort of footprint. Uh, the rings, all, the the feel of it, they all look like they're exactly the same from the outside. The only thing that's different is the focal length and the, the aperture reading, right? Um, I exactly. can't help but wonder why they didn't go with a 35 instead of a 40. I'm wondering if it's because they have multiple options at 35 already and they don't have a 40. Yeah. Anyone that is 
shooting film from yesteryear, probably a fan of that 50, uh, sorry, that 40 <laughs> equivalent focal length. Uh, I would have loved to see a 35 in this form factor. But I'll ask you, who, who do you think these lenses are targeting? Who, who are they for? Who are they trying to win over? For sure. And you know what? What's funny about the 40 is sometimes like I use a 35 like majority of the time, right? But what's funny about the 40 is like, Sometimes when I'm shooting with a 35, I just wish it was just a little bit more zoomed in, but I still like how it's somewhat wide and you can still shoot just about everything with it. So I think 40 is actually going to be a sweet spot. Uh, and especially if you get a good quality 40 mil lens. Um, and I, we didn't even mention too, um, these lenses are weather sealed. Uh, they have a focus to hold button. Mm -hmm. They have the autofocus to manual focus switch and an aperture ring, which is uh, kind of a big deal um, for, for Sony. I mean, us Fuji shooters, well, that's nothing new. Uh, and you know, once you, once you have an aperture ring, you're just never going back. But what I think they're trying to target is just the everyday kind of shooter, right? Uh, but what's funny, um, I don't know, Gadget, you may have some thoughts on this. Um, did you see the lens hoods? Yeah, I saw a couple of them. And here's the thing. I got, I got to be careful because I'm going to reserve my judgment until I'm hands-on with it. But I would like to hear what you think about this and don't hold back. Uh, Okay, so like the the twenty four mil has like a normal lens hood, right? But the forty mil and the fifty mil have this like weird looking lens hood, and I was just like, I think it's the inner Fuji shooter in me. Like we're very particular about our lens hoods and like shutter buttons and all this good stuff, but these lens hoods look a little bit weird. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got to look it up. You got to look it up to see it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, look it up right now. Um, and these lens hoods are just a little, they're a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one of these things where I, I, I'm excited about it because I think it'll open up the third party market for some interesting, cool ways to customize, to accessorize your Sony uh, lens. And, and like you mentioned before, I'm glad that when I'm looking at these products from Sony, it doesn't seem like from a quality perspective that any shortcuts were taken, right? You're getting that reliability with weather sealing. Uh, you're getting the, the aperture ring, the focus ring, but also the, the hold button, right? Where you can customize the, that button on the side. Premium features that you'd see from their G Master lenses brought here. Uh, all of these lenses well under $1,000. So really targeting people that, you know, might be into street travel, want a prime or a couple of primes. I mean, you take that 24 and 50 and you're pretty much good, right? I mean, that's a, that's a great two kit, uh, two lens kit right there. I'm excited to play with these out. I'm excited to try these out. So Sony, if you're listening, send them our way so we can actually play with them. Uh, yeah. But until you do, we're going to stop talking about these lenses because we have more to talk about. But first, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Oh, okay. We're getting legit. This show is sponsored by no one yet, but it could be you. It could be. Hey, Anthony, hear me out. It could be you. Listen, this show is growing quickly. We have a ton of passionate listeners. And if you want us to sell ourselves out and read your copy, get in touch with us. Reach out to us. You know what? Let me know. Let me know. We gotta pay. We gotta pay the bills. I'm, That's hey, the thing. Hey, you're you're not lighting yourself, okay? This is not for free. This is not exactly. This is not daylight that's coming in through your windows here, making you glisten. Come on now, <laughs> come on now. So for those of you listening, if you'd like to be the official sponsor or the first official sponsor of Good Morning Camera, let me know. We're we're open to everything. 
one camera brand that uh, I will allow a sponsor is Panasonic. Okay. Oh. I'm open to a Panasonic sponsor. Is that a segue? And, you know, what's fortunate is that we got some serious Panasonic talk to get into. Wow. So what, are, wow. What, are we, what are we discussing here? Wow. You, are, you sir, are a consummate <laughs> professional because we are going to talk about Panasonic right now. Atomos is bringing ProRes RAW recording to the Panasonic S1 and their BG1H, their Micro Four Thirds uh, Cube Cinema-Centric Camera. And, you know, this is news that came out recently, but Panasonic has steadily been releasing firmware updates and features, and their S1H, which released in 2019, you know, really ushered in a lot of these video-centric features. And then they you see that spill into their other uh, L-mount products, right? And, you know, when I saw this news... And having tested these products and really pushing them in, in different kinds of conditions, I can't help but think that Panasonic doesn't seem to get their credit. They're really offering a lot, especially for filmmakers and, uh, and up-and-coming creators. So I want to ask you, you know, what's, what's up with that? Why is it that Panasonic doesn't seem to get enough of that mind share, that web share, that, you know... Uh, that dialogue online with respect to content mm -hmm. creation. Yeah, 100%. I, I could agree for sure. When you see somebody filming with a Panasonic, uh, or if it's a girl or a guy, you just got to go up to them and, and just give them a fist bump because like they know what's <laughs> up. Uh, most Panasonic cameras, they work on a contrast detection autofocus system. And therefore, the autofocus is just annoyingly unreliable, right? So for, for, for photography, uh, it, it somehow works and it's fine. But when you get into video, it's it definitely struggles so i tried the s1h which is a netflix approved camera i was like oh boy like this is going to be the one that gets me to switch over from fuji to uh something a little bit more serious like right. some, some uh, like a, almost like a cinema camera in a small like uh, i guess not so small uh, dslr kind of form factor the bit rates are absolutely ridiculous um the overall quality of video in panasonic cameras are absolutely killer they destroy a lot of the competition, but um, what's what's really tough with Panasonic is you have to decide, are you willing to manually focus everything? Because on the S1H, uh, it shows the like box and uh, like around your face and it'll notice that your face is there, but you'll still be slightly out of focus. And that mm -hmm. for content creators is a huge deal. And that's probably why they don't get a lot of credit. If Panasonic had dual pixel autofocus, they would absolutely destroy. Yeah, or or some sort of phase detect solution. Because uh, I, I, you know, part of me really didn't want to simplify it to that, but I can't mm -hmm. help but keep coming back to that argument. And you know, I got to play with that S1H uh, when we were in Los Angeles and uh, used it at uh, at an event in the evening, and the focus kept up for the most part, but you didn't have that confidence. Like that, that's the thing. What it is is that. The, 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 the contrast detect autofocus system can work uh, more times than not, but it doesn't instill the same set of confidence that uh, a Sony or Canon system would give you. And because of that sort of, you know, I don't want to call it unreliability because it's not that extreme, but, but because of that, you yeah. know, moment of contention, 
it makes you're, people you're wonder, questioning, right? Yeah, you're questioning yourself. And even like just sitting and talking to the camera, it can be a little bit uncomfortable. You're just a little unsure, right? So yeah. there are cameras that you want to to manually focus most of the time, but they're so ahead of the curve. Like think about the GH5 was actually released in 2017. Uh, and that camera, if that was released today, and maybe if they could make some upgrades to the autofocus, then that would be like a camera that like just got released by Sony today. That camera had 4K, 60p, no crop, no record limit. Uh, and the only downside to that camera was just not the best autofocus. Yeah, right? so. I, I, I got to say, look, the files, the dynamic range you get, the dual native ISO that you get with the S1H, right? I will say it over and over again that this should be considered as one of your options, but you really got to look at your shooting environment. And I got to think that a lot of independent creators and, and creators that want to be, you know, aspiring filmmakers, right? When they're looking at solutions, you might think in the old world where, yeah, everything is manual focus and you lock it in and precision and directing the shot. That is, that is great. And I totally understand it. And that's often how we work is largely manual focus. But in those times where you want to be a bit more dynamic, more spontaneous, having a bulletproof or near bulletproof autofocus system can really unlock your creativity. And I think, you know, that if they can figure that out, if they can come out with their sort of second series of S1 cameras and it comes with some sort of phase detect system that really levels up, I mean, they got to be taken even more seriously. And it is a shame. I, I, I will say it. When you look at their V-log, uh, their log format that they include. When you look at the fact that their S1H has tons of scopes and waveforms and customization that you can do in the camera to monitor your footage, and the fact that they have a full-size HDMI port and, and ports galore, to be honest, it is a bit of a shame that they don't get more love for what they're doing, right? Outside of the super pro uh, filmmakers. Yeah, people who shoot Panasonic, they they know exactly why they shoot Panasonic. To get 6K uh, out of your camera, no record limit, and no overheating. That's all we can say. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, so Panasonic, uh, please, go on. Get a new autofocus system. Just blow yeah. it out of the water here. And uh, send us a unit. Let us play with it. Because uh, I, I, every time I get my hands on a new Panasonic camera, I'm always excited. Like, that's one of the things is I feel genuine excitement when I get to try one of their new uh, pieces of gear. But enough of that. Mm -hmm. We have something else to talk about, Anthony. We have. We're going to get on a train, sir. Are you ready? Do you have your, do you have your ticket? We're going to get on a train. <laughs> this is a, I, I'm, I'm ready. This is a new segment we're going to call The Rumor Train. And folks, here's the thing. We are explicitly <laughs> calling this The Rumor Train because as much as we get access to, con, uh, to gear and privy to inside information, sometimes, sometimes there's rumors that come out mm -hmm. and we have no inside information. And for all intents and purposes, we can talk about it. We can talk about it mm -hmm. freely. And The Rumor Train has brought some juicy tidbits from the canon world, okay? Mm -hmm. Not one, but two interesting rumors here. One, there, there is a rumor, a strong indication that there is going to be a more video-centric Canon EOS R5, and some are calling it the EOS R5C, which would essentially mm -hmm. take the Canon R5 and that sensor, make it a little bit bigger to 
increase its thermal ceiling and include C-Log2, making it a video-centric version of that, you know, essentially photo-centric hybrid camera, okay? Mm-hmm. If that wasn't enough, they also have another rumor that's coming out about the Canon EOS R1. And now this is crazy, okay? This is crazy, and I'm going to ask you whether you believe it or not, but let me just read this out here. 85 megapixel sensor with a global shutter. You have 20 mm-hmm. frames per second shooting at 85 megapixels or 40 frames per section per second shooting at 21 megapixels. A quad pixel autofocus system, uh, over 15 stops of dynamic range. Uh, ISO, that goes over 1.6 million, up to That's nine insane. stops of IBIS. <laughs> Um, and you know, a really, really good touchscreen and upgraded viewfinder priced at under $10,000, well under $10,000 US. So Mm -hmm. hearing these rumors, what are your honest and candid thoughts, Anthony? This is where we start to burn some bridges, Gadgen. What do you mean we? What do you mean we? (laughs) Speak for yourself, sir. Okay, so I'm a bridge builder. Thoughts on Canon. I'm a bridge builder. I just, I just want. Hey, I just want you you to know. know, I just want you to know, I'm a bridge builder. Okay, not a burner. (laughs) And, And. and this is where I'm going to start tearing, tearing some stuff down. Okay. So Canon, whenever you read specs like this, you got a question. Okay. But like, what's the catch? Because we had the M50, which was supposed to be the first mirrorless camera to shoot 4K, but they had a massive crop in that uh, camera. And on top of that, you lose dual pixel autofocus. And it's some people would be like, yeah, but that's like the M50 though. Like, no, that was continued on in to the EOS R. So like the, the crop was was pretty significant in the EOS R. That was a huge bummer. So I think Canon is actually slowly losing grip on their creators and, they're, and it's forcing a lot of creators to look over at what Sony is doing and they're going like, hmm, what's uh what's what's going on over there you know like and and then and then we got like fuji shooters uh the people who are loyal canon shooters they they look at fuji and they look at their users that they got and they just think they're hipsters who buy the cameras just because they come in silver you know (laughs) like it's 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 kind of ridiculous i feel like canon is ace ventura hanging from the rope and the youtubers are the raccoons slowly losing grip (laughs) wow ace ventura (laughs) reference here folks okay 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 i i i have i have i gotta process that here's the thing anthony here's the thing listen uh i look at all these camera brands as if they were my children Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't listen. Hey, you come at me in the DMs talking about Gadget. You're you're a Canon apologist. You're a Fuji apologist. You're a Sony fanboy. No, no listen. <laughs> I look at them all as if they were my children, and as with any child. Okay, I'm telling you this, Anthony. As a father, I only yeah. see their potential. I do not judge them for their <laughs> faults. Okay, so you know what. That's the problem. That's no, the problem, no. Gadget. You know what? I get. I get. There might be a bit of a reputation. Where Canon's coming out with products, yeah. and it doesn't always it deliver exactly what they promise on. Okay, but that being said, there is still a ton of value they bring to the market. 
I think with this sort of ideology, they're going to really add more to the industry that'll sort of excite the industry, rejuvenate the industry, but also put pressure amongst their peers to keep the ball going. And I think, you know, the R5, whatever it was, at the end of the day, that is a phenomenal photography tool that does really exceptional video in in select circumstances that is still (laughs) hard to find. Like, it's still hard to get your hands on one, right? People are, it's it's such an in-demand product. And I think making a video-centric version of that may relinquish some or alleviate some of that pressure, but also excite some people that want to use that sensor for, for video. And I'm looking at this and the EOS R1, which I am looking at these specs. And I, I look, I think back to when the R5 specs came out and everyone mm-hmm. thought, this is crazy. Like there's no way Canon can do this. And you go and, yeah. and it comes out and it's like, oh wait, they can do this with an asterisk, right? Like the whole overheating thing. But yeah. again, you could technically record 8K I only had overheating issues when I was doing 4K 120 uh, for extended periods of time, and they've released firmware updates to improve that. But for all intents and purposes, all the things that the rumors were saying were true. So I'm looking at the EOS R1 rumors, 85 megapixels, global shutter, up to 40 frames per second, up to 1.6 million ISO. I'm looking at these things, and my gut is saying, this can't be true. But my head is saying, well, last time we had this argument, we were wrong. So looking (laughs) at this, I think this is a great... Uh, if it is true, a fantastic addition to the market. I think it'll be super yeah. niche, similar to the Alpha One, where it will largely target uh, f- professionals in the field, uh, primarily even you know uh, photo professionals. And I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that those technologies that this kind of ushers in eventually bleed into other products, like a replacement to the EOS R with a global mm-hmm. shutter. That's what I'm excited about. But... I mean, here's the thing. If the R1, if it delivers on all of these things, Anthony, you're telling Mm -hmm. me that you're not intrigued, that you're not moved, you're not even excited a little bit? Are you telling me that? Yeah. Yeah, honestly, like, even, like, if you just look at, like, the the five-axis IBIS up to nine stops, okay? So if we if we think about the R5 for a second, this is something that Canon can make a huge improvement on, okay? So the R5 had some crazy warping kind of effects, uh, and they really need to get that figured out. And you know what's strange about the R5 is you couldn't actually turn IBIS off in the camera, so you needed a lens with IS. And then once you flicked the switch on the lens, that would actually turn IBIS off in the camera, which is, it's it's ridiculous that you have to spend like 3K on a lens with IS and 5.5K uh, on the body. You get jello IBIS uh, or just like no IBIS at all. So that sort of thing, like you got to really, you, they got to fix. I, I think that warping effect was the readout of the sensor, it being such a high-resolution yeah, sensor. And that, that's, so that's if it is it a is. global shutter on at least the R1, that'll be interesting to see what the video applications are there where it reads it out extremely quickly mm-hmm. and you might mitigate some of that. Uh, but I think the folks at Canon are glad to have your feedback, Anthony. You know what? Yeah. Let's take the emotion out of it. <laughs> your uh, feedback is valued. Thank you for sharing that. And maybe <laughs> there will be an in-menu toggle to turn off image stabilization that's enough of that yeah we're 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 we're, listen hey this can be the entire show me you just going back and forth (laughs) on these brands but first we got to talk about 
our creator draft picks. Because this is how we end off the show. Every single yeah. episode, we will end it off with a piece of software, service, or technology that we've mm-hmm. been using for the last bit of time that has brought us a ton of value. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I usually prepare for this show like nobody's business, but I completely <laughs> forgot to pick something. So I'm going to pass <laughs> it over to you. You're going to pick something. Yeah. I'm going to nod I in agreement you. while I find my creator draft pick. <laughs> I got you. Okay. So since I feel like this episode was like a lot of like cinema talk, um, I was thinking about like accessories that you need to get if you're uh, like a cinematic kind of shooter, especially for video. That's like my main focus. Uh, and when I was looking at like things online, I was like, what what kind of little things could I get that could just give me that little touch of detail, right? So I, I was looking at some of these like hazy, like vintage kind of like vibes from like the, the certain video shooters that I watch online. Uh, and when you see that like hazy neon light, like hazy street light kind of effect, that was something that I, I was I was certainly interested in. And what that actually is is a diffusion filter on like a lens, um, or um, they also have like Cinebloom filters, uh, which is really popular. A lot of people are really into those right now. Um, so I ordered one two weeks ago, but the the Rona delays are are quite harsh right now uh so i haven't actually got this filter in but i see this effect all over the place and i thought to myself like why the heck don't i have something like this uh it looks dope for photos and for video and they come in two different strengths most of the time so they got a 10 percent diffusion filter and a 20 percent diffusion filter and essentially you're deciding how much haze is in your highlights right so 10 percent is like your normal like daytime filter Uh, And then uh, when you're shooting in like the evening, you might actually want to go with the 20% diffusion filter because it really makes those highlights pop. And it makes uh, your photos look kind of out of focus if you're shooting uh, with the 20% in the middle of like a bright sunny day. So it's um, like you can go too far with this thing. So uh, for me, I'm mostly like a daytime shooter. I got the 10% filter. It's on the way. I'm excited to try out this like retro vibe effect. and this is something that I was just like, why, why don't I have this? Lucky so. for you, I have a ton of those filters. And I can, I can, <laughs> I can say, you're, you're right. I mean, with these diffusion yeah. filters, there's different kinds of it, and there's different recipes to them. Uh, and essentially mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're getting a, a piece of glass that has speckles on it that is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, disrupting the, the, the way the light is coming in in a way that your highlights have a bloom to them, almost like a mm-hmm. glow to them. And depending on the filter, it'll look a little bit different than others. And what's cool is like, I like the Tiffin Pro Mist for photography. It has a black yeah. speckle uh, pattern. And I, I like the, the one eighth is what I'll use for most of my portraits. And sometimes I'll go to a, a one fourth strength uh, if I really mm-hmm. want to give it more bloom. And there's also video centric mm-hmm. ones like the Cinebloom 10 and 20% that are, are better for video function, right? Where they will mm-hmm. take a little bit of that sting and sharpness down to give you a more mm-hmm. pleasing look. And if you're sh- shooting human subjects, they tend, le- they tend to work better for that. Now, yeah. enough of that. I, f- I found something, Anthony. I was looking around my <laughs> office and I'm like, all right, what price range are we going with? Because, you know, we went, we went free last time uh, and I wanted to do something a little bit different this time. And yeah. in all honesty, this is not a joke. I am going with the Whoosh Screen Shine 
spray bottle <laughs> that comes with a microfiber cloth. Okay, listen, listen, guys. I the Rona's not gone. Okay, and keeping your technology clean, I am a huge proponent of that. Uh, whether it's my lenses on select solutions, whether it's my phone, my iPad, my MacBook. I, I found myself just kind of not satisfied with most screen cleaners, okay? And yeah. for some reason, this one is called Woosh, and we have this at Henry's. I saw it on the shelf, and it comes in a giant spray bottle, like a big bottle here. You're, you're looking at this. Bottle. It's like a bottle of Windex, okay? And I'm like, this is what I need. I need just a massive bottle in my office so that pre-shoots, I can just spray it on the microfiber cloth, Wipe it down. Make sure it is mint before I leave. I don't want these tiny spray bottles and I'm losing them, misplacing them. No, give me a giant one. So it's very inexpensive, folks. You know, we're talking like, (laughs) what, 20 bucks here. Um, But you have probably a year's worth of, of cleaning for your technology ready to go. Ready to go. There's 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 just so many like little things that are actually super helpful. And sometimes, you know, it's the cleaning products. That that's what I'm you, about. Ant- just get hey, your pump. Anthony, that's what I'm about. <laughs> things that bring value. Yeah. This is something that it brings me value. And listen, I could have mentioned my $2,000 RAID solution to back up my files. People don't want to hear that. <laughs> they don't want to hear that. No, it's, it's all no, about the cleaning. No. Sometimes those are the tools that get you excited as a photographer. Hygiene. That's what it is. Hygiene yeah. is what the people want, Especially Anthony. with the Rona. That, that the telling, Rona. Telling you. <laughs> there you have and it. off here. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Guys, it, we're having fun with the show. I hope you have fun listening as much as we have fun making it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, Good Morning Camera. Let your friends, let your family know about the show. And if you can, leave a review on iTunes because it does make a difference. And we'll be back every two weeks with a brand new episode. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Gadget, and I'll see you next time.